Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN. Jenny Wallace keeping you company across the Monday night and into the Tuesday morning. 1-300-736-736 is the phone line, or you can text in all of your thoughts and opinions on 0433-981116. It is time now to drift across into our South Australian theme, catching up with SENSA's own Paul Bonza. Bonds, thanks for joining us once again on the Overnight Crowd. Absolute pleasure, Jan, and uh, hi, everyone. How are you going? Hey, so we've got a few topics to go over. We're going to start with the Women's World Cup. Uh, Look, Australia, they made eight for 269. They're playing New Zealand, the host. This was a game we're all really looking forward to. New Zealand, they just could not handle the pressure all out for 128. Yeah, it was a really good – look, a couple of standouts in that innings of 269. Elise Perry – uh, 80, uh, sorry, 68, yeah. and then Tali McGrath, 57. But the innings that probably set it up and I guess took the wind out of New Zealand's sails was Ash Gardner. She made 48 not out of just 18 deliveries. It was <laughs> unbelievable knock. Well, she's coming off, what was it, 10 days of quarantine because she did uh, test positive to COVID-19. So I just wonder, what was she doing, just sitting in the hotel room, just manifesting future boundaries? Because she just came out and whacked it. <laughs> and that just adds to how good... And she picked up a couple of wickets as well, two for 15. I, I, I Yeah, she's been in, stuck in a hotel room, comes out the morning of the game, has a bit of a warm-up, and then goes out there and smashes it. <laughs> hey, from a real South Australian parochial area, looking at this bowling lineup for Australia on this game, if you take out Elise, you mean the South Australian bowling lineup? <laughs> you know where I'm going. You take out Elise Perry, you take out Ash Gardner, who has actually played for South Australia. You've got Darcy Brown, yeah. Talia McGrath, Amanda Jade Wellington, and Megan Shirt all bowling for Australia. So thank you, South Australia, for providing such a quality bowling attack. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Uh, obviously, uh, South Aussies are very proud, and Darcy Brown is just growing and growing with every game she plays. Uh, she will be a super, superstar of women's cricket uh, for a long time, I believe. Uh, and I think it, it, she's still very young, so I think her pace will get better, her skills will get better, but uh, she's already getting wickets as it is, and um, very talented young cricketer, Darcy Brown quirky story for uh, the overnight crowders to, to watch out for when they watch Darcy Brown play. Now, it's probably a little bit chilly in New Zealand, so she her, her trousers will actually cover, they'll go across to her shoes, so they'll cover up to her shoelaces, which is where most people's playing trousers should end. If you see Darcy yeah. Brown play on a day where it's hot and she considers it's hot, she has a pair that she's shortened by about... 10 centimetres, so they sit up above her sock line, above her shoes, because she believes that that lets the air in and keeps her cooler. So she has two different right. pants that she wears. 
I never knew that. That's outstanding. <laughs> so, just, just cuts cuts a bit off the bottom, yep. so she's got a, a bit of a bit of an ankle freezer going, and and just to let the air flow through the ankles. It's magnificent. Yeah, it's actually I deliberate. Love that. Yeah, I asked her about it direct yeah. throughout the summer uh, when she was playing across in Perth for the strikers, and I said, "Have you you know got Tegan McFarlane or Katie Max pants on because they're a lot shorter than her?" And she's like, "No, this is deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I deliberately do this. This is how I keep cool." And I was like, "All right, mate, cool. <laughs> oh, crazy." Uh, well, if if that helps you, if that helps her be a little bit cooler, then go for it. <laughs> it is good, and you must be pleased to be seeing um, Amanda Jade Wellington, uh, Australia, sticking with you know the the double pronged attack of leg spinners. It takes a fair bit to get Jess Johnson out of the side, yet. Australia, they selected the two genuine wrist spinners. Yeah, I, I was very happy to see that, actually. And, and oh, look, I'm a big fan of Amanda J. Wellington. And, and um, I was I was a bit shocked when Alana King took her spot. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that that wasn't the right decision by the selectors in the end. Alana King's a good bowler and she did the job. So, But I just like the way Amanda J. Wellington, I think she turns a bit more, loops it a bit more, has a bit more variety. Uh, so it was great to see her get the opportunity and uh, take a couple of wickets as well. And a big clash for Australia on Tuesday, taking on the West Indies, who are a team that we know um, can beat anyone on their day. Yes, uh, we hope that they have a day off. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think I think that Australia are good enough to beat them anyway, regardless. Yeah. But uh, yes, if they have a day out, they they could uh, trump the Aussies. But no, I can't see that. I can't see it. One of the other stories before we wrap up on the World Cup is the yeah. fact that England uh, lost today to South Africa. That makes their tournament so far 0-3. And, you know, they've still got um, New Zealand and India to play and then they've got Pakistan and Bangladesh. So even of those four games, there's two probably definite wins and two 50-50s. So we could be seeing the current world champions bundled out and not even making the semifinals. It'd be a damn shame, wouldn't it, Jan? <laughs> <laughs> I, look, <laughs> tongue in cheek. I tried not to laugh. No, then. no, you tried very um, hard to be serious. Yeah, I tried very hard. I was trying to be serious, but no. Look, look they've obviously struggled yeah. and uh, zip and three. I, I can't see them going through to the semis. No, I think they might be able to start planning um, some holidays in New Zealand for them. Why not? Clash. <laughs> All right, well, let's switch across from the uh, Women's World Cup. We're just reminding our Aussies are back in action again against the West Indies on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. Uh, the NBL, what's been happening? What's the latest in the NBL? Look, uh, the, the, the top four is going quite strong. And last time we spoke, um, you know, it was really Melbourne United, Perth, Southeast Melbourne and Sydney have probably made a bit of a run in the last. Uh, I think they've won their last six games, uh, so they're they're starting to establish themselves, mm. establish themselves even in the uh, top four. However, I also said the most exciting thing last time we spoke was the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, and they are just one game out of the four in their first season in the NBL. They've had ten wins which is probably five more than they thought they'd have. Uh, so fantastic effort by uh, Scott Roth and his team down there in Tassie, the Jack Jumpers. Just uh, equal on wins with Illawarra. They beat Illawarra the other night. And um, they, yeah, amazing from the Jack Jumpers. So Incredible. I think it's out of those six teams. I think it's it, the, the four will be 
United and, and Perth, I think, are certainties. I don't think there's any yep. two ways about it. They will play finals. I think the other two spots will be taken by either Sydney, South East Melbourne, Illawarra and Tasmania. But I think probably Sydney and South East Melbourne. So I think the top four, I know we've got a way to go, but I think the top four is probably set. And what about your local side, the 36ers? Not quite the season the local fans would be wanting. Well, we went back to their old arena mm-hmm. and to play an away game against New Zealand. So that was a bit weird, walking back into the building where I spent a lot of time. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they're just not playing um, as a team. They're not playing well. Down the stretch, they don't know. They're almost scared to shoot mm-hmm. in the final few minutes. Um, they're really, they're not a rabble, but it looks like they've got one loose wheel and they just need someone to come in and, <laughs> and tighten it up and, and get the, the shit back on track. But I, look, I just, yeah, they, they don't quite have the talent yep. of the top 14. Uh, they're probably, their imports probably haven't lived up to expectations. Mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, they've just struggled down the stretch, and the same thing happened the other night. They got back into the game. New Zealand shot the ball exceptionally well in the first half, mm-hmm. um, but but the Sixers came back, got within four points, but then a couple of big buckets from the Kiwis and got the breakers over the line in Adelaide. Yeah. It's one of those seasons when, you, when you're at that point in the table now with the back end of the season coming. Granted, there's still plenty of games, but you now start to look at, well, what do we get out of this season that puts us in a better position to start next year? Yeah, that's right. And CJ Bruton came in after basically the roster was already built. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if we see changes again in the off-season. The only player that he brought into the squad is Cam Bairstow, and he's been one of the best performers behind Daniel yeah. Johnson. He's probably been the second-best player for the club. So... Uh, I think we'll see in the off-season CJ Brinton just, just put a team together that he wants. Yeah, that makes sense then. All right, well, um, away from NBL, let's get across to probably what is the biggest sport stories going around in uh, Australia at the moment. Everyone is you know, just a couple of sleeps away from AFL season proper kicking off for the men's competition. What's the latest in uh, Port Adelaide and Adelaide Crows news coming out from, from SA for us? Well, the footing's coming and we cannot wait. No. Well, we are hanging on the edge of our seat, like you said. The AFL's back. Um, I'm sort of can't wait for the sample season to start either. I commentated the trial game on Saturday, the Eagles and Centrals out of Elizabeth, and that was just great fun. It was great to be back yeah. watching some footy again. But it all starts Wednesday night uh, with Melbourne and the Dogs. What a, a game to kick the season off as well. That's going to be a cracker. But as far as the two Adelaide teams go, Port play Brisbane at the Gabba, a tough one for them uh, first up. I think the Brisbane Lions should actually get the win there. Okay. I just not, I'm just not sure. Port need to have some more depth in their midfield. They need to start adding these young, talented kids through the midfield. We've seen Zach Butters run through there, and I'm a, a big fan of Zach Butters, so I hope we see him more in the middle. Mm-hmm. You need to throw your kind of Rosies and your Dersmers through the middle a bit more. Then it can't just be left to Wines Boke uh, in the middle. They need to, I guess, get some strength, a bit more strength through the midfield. Yep. And I'm not sure how they're going to kick enough goals, to be honest. Okay. So that's where their weakness is in your so, mind. Yeah. So Charlie Charlie Dixon um, 
He's got a little bit of an injury, but hopefully he's okay. But Marshall and Georgiatis. Georgiatis sort of came on the scene last, late last year and started to show some promise. He had a couple of really good promising games leading up to uh, this, you know, the season opener. So Marshall, Georgiatis need to take some pressure off Dixon and they need to kick some goals. Mm. Otherwise, I think you know, they may just fall short again. I think they'll play finals for it, okay. but I'm not sure they can win the whole thing. All right, and across uh, across town, Adelaide Crows, obviously their women's side of things are going amazingly well, and we'll touch on that to finish. But, yeah, how's the men's side shaping up? Um, look, it's going to be another building year for the Adelaide Crows. And, yep. again, it's a bit of the same question with them. How do they get their goals? There's no Tex Walker for the first three games. He has that suspension hanging over his head. Yep. Real, their number one draft pick, which was number six in the draft, is Josh Rochelle. Yeah, he looks fantastic. He looks a ready-made player. Yep, and uh, looks very exciting. But uh, yeah, I'm just not sure. Again, Riley Thilthorpe, very young. I think he's still a couple of years away from seeing the best of him. So I, I think yeah, they're just like they've got some good players. I think they'll have probably I'll probably go at the same as what they did last year. And if they can get a few more wins than what they did last year, then I think they'll be happy. And I think Crows fans will be happy with that. Absolutely. All right. So, And they play the Dockers at oh, the yeah. Adelaide Oval on, on Sunday. So I, I, I like the look of the Dockers this year. I think they're a chance to make, of playing finals. So I would expect the Dockers to get the win there as well. He's hoping. Uh, so before we do get to AFLW to finish our chat, hmm. um, there's been, some, I suppose, some passionate responses to the AFL's ideas of or rules around top-up players coming from the State League. What's the consensus or the general public feel uh, for the Sandful around the top-up players? The, gen- the fans of the Sandful want the AFL to bugger off and look <laughs> after their own problems. That basically. seems common across the country. So, <laughs> yeah, they do, like every club is uh, putting up four players or you know that have to be, I guess, standby players. Yep. Um, I have a bit of a different view. I, I think the sample and the waffle are feeder competitions, for want of a, a better term. Um, yes, it's a great competition, and we love our sample, and, I'm, and I call the sample every week for SEN, and we're actually doing two games around this year, Jen, so that's breaking news. It is. Um, on SENSA, so looking forward to calling that with my mate Mark Ross. But, um, the yeah, I, I think we should embrace these players playing at the higher level. Yeah. To me, it just makes sense. You know, if they've got an opportunity for a local Norwood footballer or a local Central footballer or a Sturt footballer to play a couple of games at AFL level and all of a sudden he gets drafted next year, that's a great thing. Yeah. The Eagles Eagles who won the premiership this year lost uh, three of their best players. They lost James Cheetahs to the Sun. They lost Jack Hayes, who was a state captain, to St Kilda. And they also lost Tyson Stengel to Geelong. Mm. And the attitude of Jade Sheedy, the coach of the Eagles, is he he's, speaks it up, he's wrapped in it, and wishes the boys all the success that they deserve. That's awesome. There's no whinging. There's no, oh, yeah, it's going to be hard to replace. It's none of that. It's just all positive stuff coming from the Eagles coach that, uh, yeah, this is, Great for the players. 
Oh, and I, I, I can understand the stress of it and how difficult it is to manage your players and bring the next lot up, and, and it is really difficult. But you do have to have yeah. that attitude of that's what the competition is also there for. You've got to pride yourself on developing yeah. players that become these top-up players that potentially get offered contracts and you get to sit back and you've got to highlight the talents that you have and keep advocating for them. So I know it comes with its real difficulties, but... Yeah, my message is probably similar to yours, my feeling. It's all about embracing the fact that you can advocate for your players to get that chance to shine at the highest level. Yeah, and you get the you get the return role is, for example, uh, Dylan Clark, who got delisted by Essendon. He was there for four years, played 24 games, I think. Yep. He's come to the Eagles in the last week um, and he played in a trial game. And he so for him... It's the perfect stepping stone back into the AFL because it's a great competition. He's come to the Premier Club. That's what he's looking at. Yeah. Yes, yes. if he stays here and plays some, a good brand of footy and maybe wins a premiership, great, fantastic. But his end goal is to get back into the AFL. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, it, it's an interesting uh, conversation and it'll be continued to be debated as some clubs potentially get hit harder than others just by the fact that they've got the talent there. Uh, let's finish our yeah. chat. We've been talking with SENSA's Paul Bonser here on the Overnight Crowd. We have to touch base on the AFLW because your Adelaide Crows, minor premiers once again, they get the week off this weekend and get to watch four other teams battle it out. Can they go all the way, Bonds? Oh, look, I, I think it's a Melbourne-Adelaide grand final. I'll be really disappointed if it's not because yeah. they've been the best two teams all year. And by a fair margin, I think too. They, you know, there was a couple of close games, and, and but they they have been easily the best two teams, and it would make for a fantastic grand final. Nothing against Brisbane, Collingwood, Frio, and North. Um, it's just that uh, I, I would love to see a Melbourne Adelaide grand final. <laughs> and uh, Ash Woodland uh, has been a, a bit of a star. She managed to kick a couple more goals on the weekend, which meant that she pipped Taylor Harris. And Cora Staunton and uh, is the leading goal kicker for the season. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Um, she's uh, had some injury issues, and but not this year. She's been basically the main girl up forward for the Crows, and very accurate shot for goal, and deserves all the uh, plaudits she's getting. Very exciting player, and she will be a player through the finals as well. Uh, she's a hard matchup because she's got some height. She's got good hands and uh, quick off. The first couple of steps are quite quick as well. So you've almost got to double team her. She's an um, exciting player. That's awesome. Well, Bond, thank you so much for your time here on the Overnight Crowd and look forward to chatting with you again next week. Love it, Well, Speak soon, eh? That's Paul Bonza. Uh, breaking news, two games of Sanford footy is going to be called a weekend on SENSA. Uh, more to come here on the Overnight Crowd. Time for your calls and your texts next. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.